You are listening to the last podcast episode of the 2023 year. We released some exciting news on our one-year anniversary of the podcast, episode 52, and we are so excited to let you know we are going to be offering courses in 2024. They are going to be for anyone wanting to start walking in their calling, from finding out what that is to even getting a more clear vision of where you are headed. The sign-up information will be released to our email subscribers first. If you're not a subscriber, head over to unashamedlyyou.com and select to join our mailing list. I know so many of you have new goals and dreams you are ready to run and fulfill for this upcoming year, and we cannot wait to help you get started. Hello and welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. We are changing things up a little this week, as you are usually used to hearing from ladies that are sharing their stories and testimonies, but today you're going to be hearing from the man who has been the most influential person in my life, but not only my life, he carries influence all across the world. He put a love for truth in my heart and not just a love for truth, but he honestly made me believe that God can do anything for anyone. You cannot hear Bishop Joel Holmes preach and not get motivated to go out and do something for God. He's been my pastor and now he's my bishop, but I can remember after every sermon, we would run up and we'd wrap our arms around his leg in a hug. And now looking back, there's no telling if he was in the middle of counseling someone or not, (laughs) but he's always made me feel like everyone that knows him and that has met him so loved. I know no one that genuinely loves more than him. What a blessing to have been under the best leadership since I was born. Bishop Holmes, thank you for agreeing to be on the Unashamedly You podcast with me today. I know you have a lot of things going on 24-7, literally, but you taking the time to be on this podcast has meant so much. So is there anything that you would like to say before we get started? Yes, there is. I want to just tell you it's a real honor and a blessing to get to be here today with you. I love you so much. And this is one of my daughters in the gospel. I got a bunch of sons in the gospel, but we're thrilled with what God's done in the life of Sister Herndon and the blessing she's been to the kingdom of God. And I am very touched today to do this. Because as I do this, I'm thinking of my mother. And my mother was a tremendous preacher had a tremendous anointing of God upon her life. In fact, you that don't know this, my father and mother came to Little Rock in 1946, and Dad didn't really do the preaching. He was a promoter of worship. He was a tremendous leader. Um, He was a man's man. People followed him, loved him so much. But they just had a unique ministry together, and it was that Dad did the preliminaries and the worship, and then when it come time for preaching the Word of God, he would sit down, 
and my mother would get up and she would begin to preach the word of the Lord with such anointing, such power, and such conviction that it was life-changing for me and hundreds and even thousands of other people was influenced by her message and by her ministry. And I guess one thing that makes this so special to me today, Sister Herndon, is that Mother would always, from time to time, would say, Son, I wish you knew would help the women in ministry because it seemed as if they were, and especially back in her day, even some told her to her face that they didn't believe women was called to preach. And we know better than that. We know all kind of examples in the Bible where women were mightily used of God in ministering this message uh, in saving Israel. you got Deborah, and then the list goes on and on. And I never knew how to do that. I, I told her, I said, Mother, I don't even know how to help men become preachers. And, uh, and I don't, and I still don't. But I'm just thinking today this is one way that I'm fulfilling something, a dream that my mother had, and that was to hopefully say a word of encouragement today that you ladies that God's got his hand on and using you, that you will uh, be empowered by what you're hearing today and what you're feeling. And I'm praying for, I've got, I share three grandsons with um, my wife, and then we have a total of eight. I've got five of my own, one a boy and four girls, and praying and believing that God will use them. I really believe that if all four of them don't preach, that one or two of them out of the bunch will. So you can see why this is so touching today. very dear to my heart that you have invited me on this podcast to share with uh, the ladies and, and whoever is listening and encourage them uh, to serve the Lord, live for God, and to be all they can be in the kingdom. Uh, there's no limit to what God will do through a vessel that is surrendered, whether it's female or male. He's not looking at that. He's looking for vessels that will make the sacrifice and live for God. Yes, sir. It's just an honor to even have you on here, but talking about Grandma Holmes, as we all called her lovingly, makes me tear up as well because I can only imagine how excited that she would be and how much she would have to say on this podcast if she was here as well. So if you've listened to very many of the Unashamedly You podcasts, then I'm sure that you've heard the term 52-day fast mentioned. Particularly in episode 33, we had Autumn Walter on, and she mentioned doing a 52-day fast for her clothing store and was handed the keys to her dream building on the 52nd day. There's so many stories that I could share. I've had many of you listeners reaching out and telling me of your own miracles from doing this fast, even from hearing it on the podcast. So 
So what better thing to bring Bishop Holmes on the Unashamedly You podcast today than to talk about this 52-day fast. And I cannot think of a better way to end 2023 with the understanding of this and to enter the new year being able to implement the things that you're going to hear today. Bishop, you're the first and I think the only person to preach on the 52-day fast. Will you tell us a little background on how this message came about? To give you the background, uh, you know, it, it was a very sad time in my life. In fact, it'll only be a few days, and it'll be nine years ago that I walked out in the garage and I found my wife on our 43rd wedding anniversary, and she had went on to her reward. And all my efforts were in vain to try to save her life. And from that, I was preaching a special service. And in that service, I challenged the people. I said, what would happen in your life if you did what Nehemiah did and you were in earnest and you were determined to see a victory in every day of your life for the next 52 days that you prayed fervently, consistently, without missing one of the days in 52 days of touching God. And any kind of sacrifice that you felt, things to lay aside, uh, see what God would do. <laughs> And, you know, from that, it really was not even my message. It was just part of prayer and commitment. Uh, it just resonated with the people, and they grabbed it. <laughs> and it's not only been a, across this country, it's with other parts of the world. People have made that commitment that for the next 52 days, I will sacrifice this unto the Lord. I will pray every day. And really my focus was it was to get people to fervently pray every day until they prayed through, until they truly knew they touched God about a situation. And I said, just why don't you do that and just see what would happen? And that was the beginning of all this. And now we have done two booklets and we're working on the third edition of great testimonies of what God has done. And by the way, any of you that are listening, we'll send you this book of testimonies free of charge. You just send us your address, and we'll send it to you. It's inspiring, as you've told about the lady with the dress shop. There's probably some more of the ladies who want to start a dress shop out there. <laughs> Surely. Chances are. We will be glad to share it with you, no cost. If you want that, you can send your address to me, and I'll make sure that we get that book sent over to you. I personally have done several of these 52-day fasts. In fact, we were listening to the message whenever you first preached it, and I don't know. It was just listening to that message. Something did. It just grabbed us, and we said, we're going to start a 52-day fast. Um, and we started one. We've done several of those. One thing that I'll have a lot of people ask me is, what do I give up? 
Like they'll ask more of what should I give up with these 52-day fasts? I can tell you the people that's done it, they've given up. You help me now. Coffee. So I had a list of some things that I've given up. We've done several of these 52-day fasts. Like I said, I've given up sweets. And that's pretty hard. I remember cutting my kid's birthday cake, and I was on that 52-day fast, and I thought I didn't think about all the birthdays that come along (laughs) during these 52 days. I gave up fried foods last year, and I included some chips from the Mexican restaurant because I know they're fried, and that was pretty hard. (laughs) Coke Zero is a love of mine. I've given it up. Coffee's about one of the hardest ones I've done. (laughs) But I've also done something for the Lord for 52 days, not just giving something up. But one time I did one where I come to the church during my prayer time consistently for 52 days and I beat a tambourine every single day for 52 days. And I can tell you when the church is quiet and you got to go pick that tambourine up, I think that may be more like a pride fast (laughs) and me looking around the church and saying, but I cannot remember what I needed the Lord to do on those 52 days, but I'll never forget the power of the Lord every time that I picked that tambourine up. It was like I knew as soon as I picked that tambourine up, the power of the Lord was going to fall so strong. And so that was one that I had done as well. Let's go back to Nehemiah, because there's a real story in the life of Nehemiah. What he did, it looked impossible, that within 52 days, they would rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Josephus was a historian, and he believed it really took two years and four months. But we know he's off track, because he's not inspired of by God and by the word of the Lord. But when people get the vision, that's the key. There's no impossibility. Oh, thank God. There's nothing that God can't do. The challenge is to get the vision of what God has and God has laid on your heart. That's a good reason to start a 52-day fast with prayer fasting and praying, is because you got to have a clear set goal of where you're going. What does God have for your life? I've I've preached this and believed with all my heart. God had GPS long before man ever figured it out. And if we can find God's guidance, this is the key and then him to order our steps and direct us to what we're supposed to be doing, he'll clear the way for us, and he'll make a way. So maybe that's a good starting point. If you don't have clear vision and it's not clear in your mind of what you need to do, start that and ask God to turn on that spiritual GPS that you can know definitely this is the direction that he's given us. And that's what made Nehemiah success. It was clear in his mind. When he heard about those walls torn down and he worried about uh, how Israel was uh, just in defeat in every way, no victory, no pride of being God's people, uh, then it was something that rose up in his spirit. And he began to pray and fast as you read the 
story. You will see that. And at the end of that, God started opening doors, actually through a heathen king, that the door was open for Nehemiah to go back to Jerusalem. They had the temple, but they didn't have a wall around the temple, around Jerusalem. There's a whole message in that. (laughs) To have a church and not have a wall. That's these wonderful standards that these wild liberal Pentecostals think that it's not even in the Bible. Sure, it's in the Bible. That's what preserves the temple or the walls. So that was the burden of his heart. And it was very clear in his mind, this is what God wants me to do. He goes back to Jerusalem just as it always is. When you set out with a goal and you know the purpose of God in your life, there's opposition. Symbolic was that one. The Bible said he heard of the wall was going to be built. He was wroth with indignation and even mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren. Here he's motivating their enemies to go out and fight them. The army of the Samaritans, and this is what he said to them, what do these feeble Jews, what do they do? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive from the stones out of the heap of the rubbish which are burned? He asked five things are they willing to do. Now, that's very important because you need to sit down and think about it. When God lays the burden on your heart, am I willing to do all these things that's going to take me from where I'm at to the will of God? Am I willing to make these sacrifices to see the fulfillment of God's purpose in my life? And then the Bible said they mocked him to buy the Ammonite. He came in and he said, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Of course, he was the governor of Samaria. No doubt he had dreams of taking over Jerusalem himself and being the governor. There's always opposition and there's reasons that people come against whatever the will of God is in your life. But it's your commitment and your determination, and that's what we're talking about today. 52 days that you get the vision in your mind and you're determined that you will not turn it loose because people are going to mock. This is what I like. The Bible said then, Nehemiah made this prayer. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey to the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Oh, I love this. Oh, I want to tell you, what's holding you back was sent by God. And... He does it to provoke us. So really what we think, this is a hindrance. No, it's not a hindrance. It's a stepping stone. Because God allows things that hold us back to push us forward. 
And it's the resistance that we meet that determines our determination to go forward. And God allows, in fact, he told us that we should provoke one another to good works. And he has a way of provoking our spirit. Can I just use it like we said, make us mad. You think you're going to stop me? You're not going to stop me. I'm going to persevere right through all of this. And I watched it in my own life. Y'all know the story very well here. Uh, Sister Herndon does. She was raised here, and uh, she's like a daughter, uh, our very own daughter here. But uh, it, it wasn't good times. It goes back to 1969. My dad had a stroke. I was 19 years old. And then, believe it or not, he was 57. I thought he was an old man. (laughs) But I've discovered he was really young compared to 74 today. And anyway, he had had this terrible stroke that paralyzed him. And I was 19. The responsibility of the church fell on me. And then about a year later, that church burned to the ground. And we went about two years without a church. We were in an old, dilapidated uh, restaurant that had not been used for years. That's where we were having church. It was probably about a, maybe, maybe it was 50 feet wide and 60 feet long. The entire, that's not... That includes platform, which I was standing at the wall, and then the, and the old pews and chairs were uh, were around the front of the building. And anyway, that's where we were at. That was the situation we found ourselves in. And it was during times like that, you would have thought people would have been feeling sorry for us, <laughs> would have been trying to encourage us. Comments that were being made, we got what we deserved. And it was God against us. (laughs) But God used it. And I tell you how he used it is just like he used it for Nehemiah. It was provoking. And we were provoked to pray and to fast and to push forward. And what a blessing. It did not, thank God it wasn't just myself and my mother and my dad that were stirred up. God used it to stir the people that were left. We had about 65 people left in the church at that point. And they got mad with us. And they said, we're not going to stop. We're not going to shut down. We're going to go forward. And we saw God work. So God uses these things for his glory. And this was the key to it all. And this was the key to Nehemiah. The Bible said, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. That's the mindset you got to get. 52 days, I'm fixing to plow through this thing. I'm fixing to give it all I've got for the next 52 days. <laughs> i tell you what's so good about that. When you do that, then you... <laughs> It's like you, you're on a 52 all the time. <laughs> when you see results that God do things, you can't stop then. You just run right after that. Sister Herndon, you've already said it. 
That's right. When you do one and God do the impossible, you're like, what else can he do? What else can I get out of this? I'll give up for something else. <laughs> Ready Hallelujah. For the next one. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, use it today to inspire somebody to fight back. Resistance was never meant to stop you. It was meant to propel you forward. So God's able to do it. And this is what was happening. I've said it before. Think about David out there with a giant and all of Israel scared to death. They were hiding behind rocks. They were scared out of their mind. Old Saul stood head and shoulder above all the people, and this big old guy was nothing but a coward. And here a little shepherd boy comes up and, and fights the giant and wins the battle. I, I, I said, God could have let that big old giant stumble over his big feet and broke his neck coming down the hill. But God wanted to use David to meet that resistance to show his glory. Hallelujah. Folks, that's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's to show the glory of God. What a twisted world we're in. What a messed up world. And to think about, people say, no, I'm not going to look at trash on the Internet. I refuse to go there. And by the way, folks, I've been praying and studying about this. These evil-minded people, you know what they're doing? They're doing to humanity exactly what a fisherman does to fish, to that big bass. You know what they put on the end of that line? A lure. A lure to lure you in. They're sitting day and night studying about how can we take clean, innocent minds that don't want to do wrong or want to see anything, watch anything wrong, how can we lure them in? So guess what they do? They start with something that you're just questionable. You're just wondering, what is this? And you go there and it leads you further and farther. And now people have got a hook in them so deep they can't come out of pornography. They've swallowed the hook, line, and sinker, as they say. And they're trapped by the trash of this world. Oh, God, help us today. Help us today because they got lured in. But I tell you what, if you get connected up to this prayer and... Uh, and you see the hand of God working in your life, uh, it's, it's not hard to lay aside the things of this world. Thank God for it today. But the key was they had a mind to work. So if you can ever get this mindset, I'm not going to be defeated. I will never give up. And God will do the work through you. Really, Sister Herndon, there was even more discouraging times. The Bible said they conspired, all of them conspired together and to come and to fight against Jerusalem to hinder it. And then the Bible said, I love this part, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. And we didn't just pray. Listen to this. They set a watch. It's not enough for you to pray and then fold your hands. I've been telling people everywhere. You know how you spell success? Prayer and W-O-R-K. 
That's right. You got to work. <laughs> Some people think, oh, I'm just going to pray and fast. <laughs> yeah, and sit in your rocking chair and get nothing done. <laughs> the Bible said they did the prayer unto God, and then they set it watch against them. Listen to this, day and night because of them. They set a watch. So the Bible teaches us to watch and pray. And then after these, the enemy had conspired against them. <laughs> Guess who else? Judah. Of all the tribes that should have been beating the tambourine and jumping up and down, Judah, the tribe of the praisers, they came and they were discouraging Nehemiah. They said the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. When you read about this wall and the historians and that it took longer than 52 days, well, guess what the commentaries and the historians come back with? That no, it didn't take more than 52 days. The Bible is absolutely true and right because the walls that have been knocked down, you know where they were at? They were just at their feet. Their material, they didn't have to travel to go get the stones to rebuild that wall. The stones were right there. Hallelujah. Is God not amazing? Yeah. If you start and you're going to do something, God will supply the way. And that's the reason that why some think that it took two years and four months to build the wall. They said, no, there's no way. <laughs> when the Chaldeans came and tore the wall down, they didn't haul the wall off. They just tore it down. <laughs> left it there. They left it there. If they wanted to really defeat them, they should have hauled everything away. <laughs> and on them, you just come back there, the rock's there, and they just started stacking the wall again and rebuilding the wall. So people are always trying to be critical of the Word of God. We know that, but we know the Word of God is right. The very thing that Judah was saying was the problem, there's much rubbish here and uh, decay here. No, Judah, you don't understand. That's the very thing that's going to help us. <laughs> that's the reason we're going to build this wall. And then the Bible said those adversaries, they said, shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst of them, among them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews, here's the rest of them, the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times from all places which ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you ten times. Nehemiah, we're going to tell you this ten times. <laughs> you don't need to tell us but one time. We know they're against us. Oh, I tell you what, help us, God. You precious ladies today that are listening to this, don't listen to the adversaries. Don't listen to the negative talk. Oh, Jesus have faith and confidence in God. Every way you turn, think about 10 times people telling you you can't do it. 
but it did not stop Nehemiah. He still believed God. And then the scripture tells us that the walls were finished in 52 days. I have a feeling those people, and the ones I've read in history about all this, historians, they were men that were doing this to them. There wasn't no women telling them this. <laughs> then women would have said, yeah, you can do it, <laughs> Nehemiah. So thank God for you godly Holy Ghost ladies. I tell you what, I appreciate you so much. Sister Hernan, it was people like your grandmother that we just buried a precious saint of God, Sister Graves. She loved God, but she came here back in those early years, and it was other ladies along with her that took me in. I was not married, 19 years old, and there was a lot of men that didn't like me in the church. They thought I was too young or a kid, and they were pastors on the outside It was putting nickels in them, telling I was too young, and they were wanting the church, in fact. But it was those godly women that gathered around me, and they were like mothers in Israel. You get enough women around you. <laughs> ain't a thing in the world they men can do. <laughs> it was like Minnie Bell Martin. Yeah. Koji Looper, and, and I probably should have started naming names, but the list goes on and on. Brother, they were for me. They were for me. And I thank the Lord for you ladies. I thank of you ladies so much. Y'all care the manner of Pentecost, and I'm so proud of you. I am so proud. Men, uh, I can go anywhere, and they don't know what I am. I could be an atheist as far as they're concerned, but when you beautiful Pentecostal ladies walk in with your gorgeous hair and wonderful clothes that your husband bought you, (laughs) maybe, (laughs) and you go into a business you know what? You carry that banner, and they say, oh, yeah, that's one of them. And, and I tell you, if you want to know something, just burns the fire out of me. Would you like to know? I'd like to know. Okay. <laughs> we all would on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, help me. I am so glad to get to release this today. <laughs> to think about men wanting to wear a beard. They're trying to get as far away from us as they can. And, and then preachers not have enough backbone to tell you, go shave. <laughs> no, I don't believe a beard's a sin. I believe it's the pride. And you try to move that much further away from holiness and, and what we've been for the last uh, 100 years or so. And you know what? It don't bother me a bit in the world to tell these men to shave. <laughs> because if I'm going to tell you ladies, let your hair grow long and don't put any makeup, no jewelry, and all these things, and thank God, it's the same for men too. That's a mighty small sacrifice for a man. God give preachers a backbone to tell them. <laughs> I will tell you something, these men need all the humbling they get anyway. <laughs> Of course, now you're married to a great man. You know that. I am. (laughs) (laughs) He's not sitting very far from this microphone either. (laughs) Brother Herndon, I love this couple. Brother Herndon has ran our business class here at the church for a number of years. In fact, he's traveled around the country sharing with people how to uh, grow their business. And you've went with him. And and y'all have been an inspiration to a lot of people. 
and you've had a lot of ladies that are in business on this podcast to uh, inspire other ladies. Hey, you can do it. You don't have to take a back seat to anyone. I think about Deborah in the Bible. She was a judge of Israel and how God used her in such a mighty way. And she told that limberous man that didn't want to go fight. He said, I won't go if you don't go with me. She said, I want to tell you something. If I go with you, I'll get the credit. <laughs> so didn't want all that. <laughs> yeah, we're shouting over it today, Sister Deborah. <laughs> and my Lord, that was the Old Testament. Now we have the New Testament and and Paul told us it's not male or female, Jew or Greek. It's people who will be a vessel for the kingdom. And thank God for them. I've always tried to figure out why a woman couldn't preach in U.S., but they can go to the mission fields. And they're, <laughs> they're fine with that. <laughs> they're welcome to go. They can baptize people over there. They can pray for the sick. They can do whatever they want to. Just don't do it here. God bless you. <laughs> Bishop, once again, you've motivated me. I feel like running after and doing something else. I think about how you talk about, don't talk about the Philistines being on something. Go get them and run them off of what you want. Don't allow them to overtake those things. And I think about that often, even doing the podcast or doing different things and encouraging other women. If there's something that you're wanting to go after and the Lord's put it on your heart and he's given you a burden for it, don't make an excuse. Like he said, pray and work and pray and work and add in a 52-day fast and watch the Lord do it. He can sure do it, I can tell you. It's amazing. It's amazing. I think the message you're referring to is God gave me one time, was don't let the Philistines camp on your doorstep. That's right. Yeah. Here, when I was preaching it, I was thinking about it. Don't let negative stuff live around your house. Drive it far away. And uh, think about those Philistines. Get them off the doorstep. Get them out there in Interstate 40. <laughs> Let the cars run over them. <laughs> Watch God destroy them. You don't have to live like Oh, I'm just barely enough. That's not God's plan. He said, I'll take you to a land that is flowing. Flowing. <laughs> not just a little stream, but it's going to flow your way. And that's my prayer for all you ladies today. We love you and admire you and appreciate you so much. And Sister Herndon, thank you again for your burden to do this and what a blessing I know it is to so many and I've listened to your podcast and they bless me and so may the work of God continue and I tell you what again I started out with this and I couldn't even hardly talk about it but how proud my mother would be of me today <laughs> and proud of you <laughs> she was to know that you're encouraging these ladies. So many times these poor ladies, they get husbands that are lazy and <laughs> work and slowful. Oh, Jesus, help us, God. Hey, I know you ladies, I still appreciate the men, but I'm just telling you what I've watched over the years. And you don't have to live in poverty. You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live down. If God can use Deborah and God can use a little boy to kill a giant, let me tell you, he can use any of us. 
May the Lord bless you all today. We love you and appreciate you. Wow, what a way to end our 2023 year with this life-changing podcast. I know that this fast has moved mountains in my own personal life, as well as so many of yours. If you've not done a 52-day fast and have a need you know only God can do, I challenge you, add this fast with daily prayer and watch how God can allow His blessings to overtake your situation. If you'd like your free book that Bishop Holmes has offered on the 52-day fast miracles, send us an email with your name and address to uyteam at unashamedlyyou.com and we'll get your book out in the mail. Also, when you complete your 52-day fast, email and let us know your own personal testimony of your 52 days to blessings. Let's go into 2024 ready to be all we can be for the kingdom of God. Go be unashamedly.